Jamie and I and Drew Romendo with you here on the Green Zone on this Friday. Getting ready for a long weekend. It's all request Friday. You pick the tunes every Friday here on the Green Zone. What do you want to hear uh, heading into a long weekend? Weather will improve just a little bit as chilly outside today. Windchill minus 20, Drew. So uh, you felt it, though. You were just through Winnipeg and Calgary. We just, we just Winnipeg and Calgary. Calgary was cold yesterday. Winnipeg was actually wasn't bad. When was coming up when we were leaving? It's the first time anybody said that about Winnipeg. Anyways, let's go wow. to Winnipeg. Jeff yeah, Hamilton of the Winnipeg Free Press here at Football at Four. How's it going, Jeff? Gentlemen, it's a pleasure to be here. How are you guys doing? <laughs> Fantastic. Jeff, I, you know, Jeff, I can't believe you just threw that at you right off the bat there. It's, it's lovely one. Jeff can believe it. Today. It's a heartache this afternoon. <laughs> Okay, uh, Jeff, is it over now? We can put an end to the Bombers dynasty um, with the a little more departures. Uh, no, for oh, Saskatchewan Rough Rider oh, no. fans, they're saying, "Please, can that be it uh, for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers dominance in the West Division?" Who knows? I mean, I think they. It's hard to look at them and think they're not going to be competitive in the West, just given how many pieces they brought back. Obviously, nobody, uh, including those in Winnipeg, including myself, thought that there would be a return of both Brady Oliver and Dalton Schoen. But of course, that that wrapped up in a single day last week. And then you had, you know, you have guys that are, are getting older. And so the big question is, how many more years can guys like Adam Big Hill continue to perform at a top level? Stanley Bryant, you know, obviously protecting that blind side. Jamarcus Hardrick is now with you guys. So, you know, who's going to take over the, the, the left side? And so it's, you know, I think there's still some question marks. There was doubt last year. You know, there was doubt with this team if they could return to the Great Cup after, you know, why are they bringing the band back was the, you know, was the, uh, you know, the, crying, rallying cry, if you will, from, from the fan base. And so, you know, it feels like it feels like they're in good shape. You know, when you compare them to some other teams, they, you know, it's unique because it's, you know, you look at Saskatchewan, right? I mean, they were the winners, I guess, of, of, uh, of free agency. And so that costs a lot of money. And while the Bombers didn't have to dip into those, you know, those waters and pay big dollars, they did have to give significant raises to people in-house. So, you know, it will be interesting to see how this team performs. I still think they're a good group. I don't think they're as strong as previous years, but, you know, I thought the same thing last year, and they proved me wrong. Don't you kind of want that? Not about the, the, the talent leaving, but don't you want to have a team now who's being doubted as good as they are and as good as they have been for that maybe that motivational tool to get them going this year, to have something to play for? Drew, I think you're onto something there, but I think that was the rallying cry last year. You know, I think yeah, that okay. was something yep. that they rallied behind last year, and I thought that's, you know, after that loss to Toronto in the Grey Cup in 2022, there was this feeling 
that, okay, that was a hiccup, that, you know, we're going to come back, we're going to, you know, bring this group back together, and we're going to seal that dynasty. Um, and then, obviously, last season, they couldn't get it done against Montreal, and the vibe, at least to me, was much different. It almost kind of seemed like people were talking about dollars and cents a lot more, and people were talking about opportunities and getting what, you know, what you deserve, and, you know, and all those things that every club talks about, every player on every team talks yeah. about, but a little bit more prominent here. I still think that exists. I'm wondering what the theme of this season will be because it, it really is like is it you know it, it, they're kind of entering the, the the calgary stampeders territory where they're getting the great cups and then they're just not showing up on the biggest day of the year so maybe this one's redemption maybe this is a a final hurrah for this group but then you factor in that some of these guys are under con- a, a good chunk of them are under contract till 2025 and that's when winnipeg hosts the great cup uh so i don't have much of an answer for you i do think that they will use it you know, as as a rallying cry, as a motivator that, you know, teams, this team does take things personally. They take things personally when Nathan Rourke was the star of the league and then they came into Winnipeg and, you know, the Bombers fed them their lunch and then they, they were insulted by Toronto last year. Everybody was talking about Toronto. So they quietly see seethe about these things when they're not viewed on top. But I just don't know if they have the same team to do it. And I think that's the question that I'm looking to get answered here in, in 2024. Winnipeg Free Press, uh, Winnipeg Blue Bomber, Winnipeg Jet Reporter, Jeff Hamilton here on the Green Zone. Uh, the R word was being brought up after that Grey Cup on retirements. Mm-hmm. Um, we got Jackson Jeffcoat, but it wasn't Brian. It wasn't Big Hill. It wasn't, I don't think Je- Willie Jefferson would have really been in that category. Maybe Patrick Newfeld's at 35 years old, but uh, it was only Jackson Jeffcoat. Were you surprised, especially that Stanley Bryant gave it another go? Absolutely. I, I thought there was that there were going to be a handful of retirements this year. I know there were guys that contemplated. You mentioned Jackson Jeffcoat. I thought he was a slam dunk retiree. Um, you know, before he at the end of the last season said, "Nope, you know what? I've changed my mind. I want to play." And he would be back on the Bombers if they would have offered him enough money to play. He still wanted to play. And I think, you know, I think the rep for him personally was his health and, and, you know, the work that it took to get him ready all week. And I think that's why you have other teams that, you know, may have passed or didn't want to give him top dollar despite being a, you know, a, a star player in this league for years. Um, but other retirements, Stanley Bryant, I thought it was a slam dunk he was going to be retired. This guy's getting up to like 37 years old. And while his play hasn't dropped significantly by any stretch, ask the Bombers. I mean, he was the best O lineman on that line last year. Um, but there were some other guys. Adam Big Hill, he's a freak in the offseason, though, but he got injured at the end of last <laughs> season. And you thought that that would be, you know, maybe a sign for him to go full-time in his wealth management job. And so there are guys that are getting up there. And, you know, Wally Buono said it. You'd rather get rid of guys a year, you know, a year early than a year late. Right. And, and, and that really does become the question. I mean, I think injuries are going to be a big thing uh, for this team. And, and maintenance, it already has been. The Bombers have have changed the way they run practices, have changed the way they've, you know, treated their players based on age, based on this leadership group that keeps coming back each year that's going to need different things. So I imagine I'm, I'm looking forward to see how they, they do that. But, um, you know, I, I am a bit surprised that there weren't more guys uh, that felt uh, that felt maybe their career or moving on to the next thing. Maybe that would have been different had they won last season. I, I'm, I'm, I dare ask this question after taking a shot at Winnipeg to begin the interview. Uh, but uh, I didn't even hear it. I, I wasn't oh, even okay. listening. What did you, what did you I say? I didn't say anything. I, I said, said it was a great time. It's a great time. Winnipeg's, my response, you know, Winnipeg's 
Winnipeg's a great like... time. Winnipeg's a good time. Can't wait for the Grey Cup it's in 2025. I'd rather said. be in Winnipeg than Vancouver or Montreal. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. That's what I said. <laughs> I don't. That doesn't. That does not ring a bell for me uh, on my recent memory. I, I think it was something totally different tone. Uh, so, but anyway, uh, Drew said I was the, just saying how Drew, great Winnipeg you know, was when he, we were there. He said the weather, it wasn't that bad in Winnipeg. And I said, no, it was nice. Said nobody ever about Winnipeg is what I said. <laughs> That's, um, be careful. You might be on our license plate. Not that bad. Pretty decent. I remember a time where we, uh, we used to shoot for pretty okay. You know? <laughs> uh, but uh, Jeff, of course, uh, keeps up on all things CFL. Well, outsider perspective. Give us a dose of reality. What did you think of the riders working on the free agent day with all those signings? I thought it was, I mean, I think you have to ask the question, is your team better today than they were last year? And in in the riders case, I think it's true. I think it's, uh, you know, but at the same time, I, you know, I already mentioned it in the interview earlier, but, you don't win free if you win free agency you don't usually win the gray cup and so you know and why is because you spend lots of money on guys that hit the market so if you're getting a bunch of big fish and you're paying them raises on top of their high salaries that doesn't leave you a lot of money left over now i you know my thing there though is obviously Corey mace is going to bring a you know bring a change in culture he's going to bring a, a a just different vibe to the team you know i i hope there's a level of accountability there i'm sure there will be that that you know, needs improvement there. And I think the moves that they, the players they picked up were solid. I think the players they let go were equally solid to let go. Um, you know, some of those guys like Moncrief, for instance, you know, great player, but like he'd be the guy that he almost kind of looked at Dickinson when he was being a lunatic on the field. Like, I don't care what you have to say. And you had Nick Marshall, mm-hmm. who was barely covering everybody. He looked like he quit the team. And, like, you have all these examples of guys that you just need to get out of the locker room. And so I do think the Riders improve. That being said, I did write last week that I don't think the Riders make the playoffs this year. And why wow, do I really? think the Riders don't make the playoffs this year is because what are you doing at quarterback? Like, I just don't, I'm not buying into the Trevor Harris, Tom Brady workout, you know, routine, going to come back in his late 30s being better. I just don't buy it. And I think, you know, I just don't think there's much of a backup plan behind that. And so you're, I look at the Riders and I look at the Hamilton Tiger Cats and I look at two teams going back to what they thought was their ticket last year. And, you know, the, the, the phrase, fool me once, you know, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me comes to mind. And I just, I just, I don't know. I'm not buying it. But couldn't you say that about most Canadian Football League teams as far as quarterback and what are you guys doing? Because we've been lamenting for the last number of years on this program that what's happened to the quarterbacking position in the Canadian Football League as far as the talent level goes. No, and it's a, it's a fair statement. But if you look around the league, I just don't think Mason Fine is an ideal backup. Like, I mean, he's got... What? <laughs> Well, I just don't think he is. I think Jake Dolegal was better. I thought the Green Giant was better. I mean, he beat Calgary. 90% beat of Saskatchewan agrees oh, with you, Jeff. Yeah, 90, yeah, 93 or 4, actually. So I'm sitting here thinking, you know, like even, even if you look in Winnipeg, I mean, Chris Strebler is better than majority of, you know, number twos. Uh, Bethel Thompson. You know, yeah, McLeod Bethel Thompson over there, Trey Ford. You have, you know, in BC, you have Dola Gala. You have, you know, you have other, you have other guys in other markets. And, and you're right. I mean, there are other teams that if guys get hurt, they're kind of screwed, right? But you also have, 
Calgary picked up Matt Schiltz. You have, you know, you have other guys in other places that are that are just, you know, they're not ideal quarterbacks for you. But if you're so long as your quarterback isn't out for the entire season, you're, you know, you might be in good shape. I just, I just think it's such a, I just think it, I thought it was a weird quarterback shift last at the start of last season with Masoli and all these, you know, a lot of the old guard kind of returning for a new year. And I predicted this last season. So to go into this year and to think that, you know, as you get older, guys, we all know this, your body doesn't hold up to things as much as it used to. And you're one, everyone's talking about away. (laughs) You two are fine specimen. I don't know what you have figured out, you know, in your fountain of youth, but I, I certainly am feeling it in my, I'm the same age as Trevor Harris and, you know, certainly not going down that line, that, that line of uh, talking about comparing us to, but I just think it's a risky endeavor. Now, if Trevor Harris can stay healthy, they're in good shape. Absolutely. But, uh, I do think this is the start of better slash good days. Um, and, and, you know, the respect that the organization needs to give their fans, I think they're going to get that under Corey Mace. And I do think that fans, you know, after a few years of feeling alienated are going to feel a lot better about this group. And, you know, we all, uh, a good, Saskatchewan Rough Riders team is good for obviously one of the loudest and best uh, CFL provinces in the country, but it's also good for the CFL as a whole. So I hope that uh, a turnaround is in the coming here. Okay. Uh, I've considered this as you've been talking. I'll take that bet. I'll take that bet. They'll make the playoffs this year. Uh, I'll yeah, take I mean, it, it, it is a league where six out of nine teams, so I'm being pretty, you know, you're going to have to give me some odds here. It's not a two, it's not a two to one. <laughs> you know. All right, let's keep up to date on the bet. Yeah. What's the date today? It's yeah. the 16th, is that right? The 16th of 16th February. 16th of February. Yeah. All right, we're yeah. going to have to keep monitoring that one right there. Yeah, you guys got to come up with here. some stakes. The receipts are here. They have been submitted. <laughs> Okay. Speaking of <laughs> speaking of stakes, that might be the bet. Uh, to be quite honest. Um, oh, wow. All righty, Jeff. Have a great gr- segues. <laughs> have a great weekend, and uh, we'll uh, chat again soon. Thanks a lot, guys. You get it together over there, right? I know you guys <laughs> are taking it a little too far, right? Not, Anyways, not a chance. Yeah. It's a Friday. We don't. There's nothing together on a Friday. Mail it in Friday, baby. Absolutely. Friday. Coming up, we'll be uh, dropping the gloves with uh, Drew Remenda. Jennifer Jones as well will be joining us, heading into her final Scotty's Tournament of Hearts. This is 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. Jamie and I, Drew Remenda with you here on the Green Zone as... We continue dropping the gloves coming up. Uh, Connor Bedard back last night, uh, although he was a bit of out of place um, on that first goal. Uh, but he did get an assist, so he reclaims top spot in rookie scoring. Uh, Blackhawks lose to the Pittsburgh Penguins last night. Uh, the Scotty starts tonight, and we don't know what the heck's going on, but Brianne Harris on Team Canada, four straight Scotty's championships for this team all of a sudden deemed ineligible for the Scotties Tournament of Hearts. And the Curling Canada is not talking about it at all. They're saying no other information. And now uh, Kristen Karwacki will play lead for Team Canada in the Scotties. I imagine uh, the truth will come out at one point on why uh, Brianne Harris, who was in the team photo posted eight hours ago, is now ineligible for the Scotties.
Jamie and I, Drew Romendo with you here on a Friday afternoon on the Green Zone. Thanks for spending uh, some of your day uh, with us. Rider news uh, just coming in moments ago as the Rough Riders have signed Canadian offensive lion, offensive lineman uh, Ryan Sevier is coming over from the Calgary Stampeders. He was a uh, all-star, West All-Star in 2022, uh, so added to the depth on the Canadian offensive line part of things. So over the last two off-seasons, you've gone after Peter Godber, Philip Blake, Jermarcus Hardrick, Ryan Sevier. Um, yep, they're definitely making an attempt uh, to improve the one part of the team that has been more scrutinized than any other over the last two seasons which is the offensive line, uh, Drew Amanda. Deservedly so. Yep. As simple as that. And uh, they, he's addressed the issues, which is great. Don't know what took him, but because he should have done it last year, but I'll give him credit this year. I, I've been a critic of, of Jeremy O'Day and how he conducted his business the last couple of years, but you got to, you know, you got to be honest and tip your hat when, when it deserves, and he's done a very good job in free agency. And we'll see how he's done at hiring is really getting his first head coaching hire, which is Corey Mace. Um, Craig Dickinson was almost a handover, uh, but after the Chris Jones thing. Uh, do you, uh, Real quick, before we drop the gloves, uh, can, can we do a current events moment with a sports sure. joke that I just saw? Yeah. Okay. Uh, this, this is from The Daily Show. Of course, oh, yeah. Donald Trump, you might have heard, ordered to pay how much? Three hundred fifty-five million. Yeah, three hundred thirty-five million. Three hundred and some million dollars in a civil fraud trial. Um, I like this sports joke. This is the harshest ever penalty for a New York billionaire, besides owning the Mets. Boy, <laughs> <laughs> they again. They've got off again with the Mets. They haven't even gone to training camp yet. <laughs> My gosh. Uh, I'd say the poor Mets, but. Whatever. It's the Mets. Now, here's the long and the short of it. I hate hockey and I don't like kids. It's time to drop the clubs. We're losing! They're burying us alive! But hey, as they say in hockey, let's do that hockey. Well, Drew Romendo, let's uh, do that hockey, and we are learning... Oh, oh, sorry. I have a question for you. Uh-oh. I don't... I don't know if I, I, I like okay. being the one who asked the questions, but go ahead. I know you do, but this is a question for you because it involves your team. Did you have on your bingo card any space where had the Vancouver Canucks were number one, number two were the Florida Panthers, number three was the Boston Bruins, and number four were the Dallas Stars overall in league standings? Did you have that anywhere on your bingo card, especially the Vancouver Canucks being – 80 points in 55 games with a 7.27 win percentage and a plus 61. Did you have that anywhere? I was looking at the standings this morning after last night's game, seeing the refresh and going, wait, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. The Vancouver Canucks have a six-point lead in the race for the best trophy in hockey, the President's Trophy? Um, Yes. That I couldn't believe. I'm like, a six-point lead. For top spot in the NHL, I did not even have them in the top five. I don't even know if I really believe they would be the top one of the top ten teams. Like on the bubble to make the playoffs in a wild card race, maybe third or something 
in the division because I thought Vegas and Edmonton would be 1-2 in that division. But leading the Golden Knights by 12 points. Hello, uh, Wheels, are you listening right now? Leading the Vegas Golden Knights by 12 points. Didn't have that at all no. as an expectation for my team, the Vancouver Canucks. A seven-two-seven win percentage, which is phenomenal. But but they have only given up in fifty-five games one hundred and forty-two goals, which is mind-boggling. Now, Winnipeg's darn good at that too. But the other one is the Florida Panthers. The Panthers. I'm sorry, I I didn't have Florida. I did not have Florida Panthers being as good as they are this year. And and credit to Paul Maurice, boy, he they have a they have a way of playing. That uh, David Quinn has a saying from the coach of the San Jose Sharks where they've got bleep bleep in their game. And certainly the Florida Panthers have that you-know-what in their game. And they are a nasty group to play against, and they love it. They relish it. It's led by their guy, uh, the people everybody loves to hate but would love on their team, and Matthew Kachuk. I didn't have that either. I'm, I am stunned. And the Dallas Stars just keep winning. Peter LeBoer just keep Pete, Pete DeBoer just keeps winning. And that's the Canucks too, right? They just yep. keep winning. Um, yep. Was it the, was it the, did they win the president's trophy when they, yes. lo, when they lost in seven to Boston, but that did they yes. win the president's trophy too, when they lost in the first round of the Kings? I don't think so. No, I don't think so. No, because the only time they won the president's trophy before it was when they, was when they went to the – that was when we had the big argument with the late – I'm not going to say great, whatever his name was. Oh, no, they did. They did have the President's Trophy when they, they lost in round number one to the uh, L.A. Kings. Uh, they did, yeah. They won it back-to-back. They went to game seven of the Stanley yeah, Cup the, final the against first, Boston. the first one was, yeah. So The first one is where we had the argument, though. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't really think they should hand out a President's Trophy. I just don't get it on the regular season winners. Did Nashville yeah, hang they, a banner for the... No, no, that was the regular no, no, season a, division a, or, or yeah. something like that. Yeah, yeah. No, there's a lot of, there's a lot of goofy banners out there, Jamie. There's a lot. They, most of the teams have gotten smart and taken it down, but there's a lot of goofy banners out there. We... Your favorite banner, though, Ju- sorry, Drew, we're going to talk about banners right here. Your favorite okay. banner is the banner... That is at Crypto.com Arena right now yeah. for the in-season tournament for the L.A. Lakers that the Lakers did not want to put in the arena, but the NBA said you have to yes, do it. you are. So picture this, gang. You have got the Los Angeles Lakers, one of the most storied franchises in the history of the National Basketball Association, and all their championship banners – Kareem, Magic, LeBron, all those guys and what they did. You go on and on and look at those teams, Pat Riley, etc. And they've got all these beautiful banners. And then they've got one that's not even the same shape as the other banners. And different color and smaller. It looks so weird at crypto. It looks ridiculous. You've also got the Los Angeles Kings with their banners. You, you've, you've got the WNBA Sparks. It's the LA Sparks, right? Mm-hmm. With their banners. Okay? And then you've got this weird-looking, hi, over here banner. 
Remember me? The Remember banner us? nobody wants. <laughs> exactly. It's the goofiest looking thing in the world. I don't know. But the, the Lakers go, yeah, we're not putting that up. And the NBA went, yeah, you are. It's it's just, it's out of place. It's just out of place. <laughs> uh, so. Um, but we used to have, Jamie, we used to, we didn't have banners. We had flags from all the players, um, countries that played for us back in the day. That's nice. Yeah, it was really nice. Yeah, it was everybody would go and go, what the hell is all those flags out there for? <laughs> and, and. So if someone got traded, time, would they take it down? Like, oh, that's our last, we well, don't have we, a Finnish player yeah. anymore. Let's take the Finland yeah. flag down. Got, yeah. <laughs> and if, um, I think they were the San Jose Rhinos. Yes, the San Jose Rhinos was the, uh, remember when they, they had the uh, roller hockey league? Remember back in the day, back in the 90s? Well, the San Jose Rhinos won the world championship of the uh, inline, uh, the Roller Hockey International League. They beat Montreal, as a matter of fact. And my my landlord, my my uh, the vice president of our team, um, he was the goalie, John Gustafson, that led them to a a championship in the Roller Hockey International. Uh, um, I can't remember, like '98 or something like that. They had a banner. Up at at uh, well, yeah, they were champions. They were champions. Yeah. Drew yeah. got to honor that, the champions. And then Doesn't when, matter when what league started, it is. I think when Daryl got there, that thing got taken down pretty quick. <laughs> okay, uh, banners, banners. Yeah, hey, for Canuck fans and Shark fans and. Buffalo Sabre fans, there's one banner we don't have uh, that we yeah. desperately would like. Um, but, Drew, uh, the, the outdoor games this weekend, stadium series events, we used to have the debate about this. Is it done? Is it old? Is it tired? Maybe it's a yes, but these are still premier events for the National Hockey League. Like Chico Resch told us earlier, you got people coming from all over the place for these stadium series games. As we look back, yeah. how big of a move was it in, what was it, 03? When they went, let's have an outdoor game at Commonwealth Stadium between the Oilers and the Montreal Canadiens. Well, and that game was so iconic for, for so many reasons. One, the, the alumni game was amazing. Um, and uh, was it was it Jose Theodore who had the... Yeah, had, had the, the toque on his... Yeah, and and the the temperature itself. Wayne Gretzky's daughter singing the national anthem, and and the 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 temperature itself. It was minus 130. Uh, it was very cold day. The guys still went out and played. The uh, it was huge. And to yeah, to us, to most of the guy. I was. I shouldn't say. That. I shouldn't speak for other people. But for us, we talked about it and talked about it. And it's like, oh yeah, okay, another game. Like the New Year's Day game is okay. It's it's become a tradition now. Fine, that's great. Okay. But then the, all these other ones. But as you said, Chico Rich told us, they packed that place. They're going to pack every building that, it hap- that it's happened in and happening in. The players that are playing in it, they get totally excited about playing. When the, I think it was the Los Angeles Kings and the San Jose Sharks played at uh, Levi Stadium. Weather was nicer. But the guys loved it. And if you talk to Patty Marlowe and Joe Thornton, they'll tell you it was one of the highlights of their career playing in the, at Levi Stadium against the Kings. So it's for the organizations that are involved, 
for the players that are involved, for the fans that get to go see it, yeah, it's a, it's still a huge event. Jamie and I, Drew Romando with you here on the Green Zone Stadium Series this weekend. It's the Devils and the Flyers and, of course, the Islanders and the Rangers. Uh, both those outdoor games Saturday, Sunday at MetLife Stadium in New Jersey. We'll have our game of the night coming up next on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. Jamie and I, Drew Romenda, uh, with you here on the Green Zone on this uh, Friday night. I'll be honest, it is a bit of a light night in sports. One of the lightest nights in sports in a long time. Now, let's take a look-see around, all right? NBA, it's All-Star Weekend, nothing going on today. NHL, one game. No National Football League. Uh, Major League Baseball just yikes on that one. Uh, But a record will be set tonight in uh, Scotiabank Arena. Yes, it will. Uh, The PWHL Toronto team is playing in Toronto. A record will be set. But also tonight, it is the start of the Scotties Tournament of Hearts. We're all cheering for Skylar Ackerman. Drew's got... he's. He's he's got one. He's got a game of the night for me. You got it. What am I? Is there the Sharks All Star game tonight going on? I got the Scotties Friday night SmackDown. Jimmy. Rock, the Rock. He is going to be back with the the head of the table. Me, Roman Reigns. I thought I was the head no, of the table. Roman Reigns. Well, you you are you you think you are, but Roman Reigns and the Rock on Friday night SmackDown tonight, announcing I think their plans of of coming together of the family bloodline will still be a thing. The CFL family, both of them played in the CFL. No, UFL, they're UFL, they're UFL. They're remember he owns, he owns that league. So, so Friday night SmackDown folks. I mean, if you want to talk about any night, that's a good night of, of sports right there. Sports entertainment at its best. I saw his tweet today. I had no idea what he was talking about. Uh, the what, did he, what did he tweet? What did he X? Yeah, he like something about social media records, blah blah blah, SmackDown. I'm like, what are you what, even Rock talking was, about? Wait a minute, Rock was promoting himself. What? Yeah. Really? Doesn't sound like the Rock. He promotes himself more than he does his new football league. Exactly, <laughs> or at 